0: All right, this is me. Uh, part one of a Friday, uh, was it, Friday, November 19th two-parter because we've missed a month, month without podcasts, and uh, I don't feel good about it, so that's why there's so much to talk about. In this, we're going to do MLS Cup playoffs, uh, quite a few predictions, some uh, pretty crazy ones that um, especially, especially involve uh, Canada's team, which is officially the uh, Vancouver Whitecaps, and... Um, some blue jays and then some quick thoughts on the F1 title race and part two will be right after. Can our time waste here, MLS Cup playoffs locked in. We had a wild decision day, and uh, I wanted to wait until after the uh, chaos of the international break, and that's something that we'll probably talk about in part two, uh, because it's unorganized, but um Decision day, crazy. A lot of ins and outs. Uh, big storylines. It was a lot. Uh, for Toronto FC, they got, I mean, walloped by DC United. DC outplayed them everywhere, at scoring more goals. I mean, the one goal that we had was really nice. Richie Larea from outside the box. And it was it was, it was fantastic because it leveled it at 1-1. But at the end of the day, uh, it was D- DC. Ola Kamara scored two. Uh, Tati Castellanos did get the golden boot though they both had 18 goals which is phenomenal but Tati Castellanos had more assists and that is the tiebreaker uh, plus his team made the playoffs and Camaras didn't DC United won and they won big but again couldn't make it so you know by the end of the game no goals in the second half really a slog in the second half I'm really disappointed that TFC couldn't put on a show for Justin Morrow's final game uh I wrote about it you know kind of how Morrow's uh, timeline with TFC signaled the start of the dynasty, and then the championship, and then the end of the of an era, uh, which, which is this year. I mean, a lot of news surrounding TFC. We're gonna talk about that for just a second. Uh, a report from Toronto Sun that they are back in talks with Sebastian Giovinco's agent. Giovinco uh, played for them, and tell me if I'm pronouncing that wrong because I've heard like three different pronunciations of it. I can't. I don't know if it's it's uh, Sebastian G- G- Giovinco or G- Giovinco or G- Giovinco or Giovinco. Like it's, I don't know. So if you know the way that, pre- that to pronounce his name, please tell me because I would I would really like to know. Um, so talks continuing with him potentially. He returns to TFC, one of their best players, of all time, one of the MLS's best players of all time. Um, and then also Bob Bradley from LAFC, might be the new manager. He's Michael Bradley's dad. So that would be cool if we kind of had a family reunion sort of thing going on at TFC. That would definitely generate a lot of, uh, you know, speculation about what they can do. There is a lot of potential that they can return to a great team because really, they're a great team. And if you watch them, you would know that. The problem is is that they don't know what to do with Goal in Goal because Quentin Westberg injured a lot of this year, came back, did not look good, was not himself, but he is, he's really getting up there. He's about 36, 37. Then you have Alex Bono, the younger guy who still needs learning. So I feel like the, the the key to them succeeding next year is what do they do in goal and what do they do in the back end? They also can't, they're not very good at finishing off shots and chances and, you know, that, that leads to less goals and obviously uh, most conceded goals in the MLS and then if you're going to have something even half as many as they did, because they, they were miles ahead of everyone in goals conceded. They have to score, and that, that's been one of their problems. They they just could not score this season. Um, but that's not for TFC. Back to decision day. Turn the game on to CF Montreal. Uh, garbage offside call was not offside. Uh, Montreal, they should have won. They should have made the playoffs. But... It was just a bad offside call we've seen that so many times before every league any tournament anywhere you go in soccer you're going to find a few bad offside calls and unfortunately for montreal they stumbled into one a lot of people were asking questions but it's good good for orlando i mean that goal was electrifying and it was in the montreal ultras end so that that was pretty crazy i'm D- didn't get to really watch T.F. Montreal a lot this season, didn't, um, you know, part voluntarily and partly I was just, you know, focused on TFC, and then when when all their games started to pop up on TSN, because before they were all in TVA sports, and yes, the TV that I have does have TVA sports, but, you know, watching it in French is just, it's not as... Well, I mean, like, it would be fun, obviously, but for the soccer. But, you know, if you don't really get the sense of the play-by-play, it's, it's not as good. But then they pop, started popping up on TSN as soon as the hockey season started. And, you know, with me, I would – I, I love soccer, but, um, you know, hockey is, is, is big for me. Um, but anyway, MLS Cup playoffs, aside from crazy decision day here, are a couple storylines from the Western Conference, Vancouver Whitecaps tying Seattle – The previous game they played against Seattle, it was at Lumen Field in the state of Washington. And they lost 3-0, I believe. So when tying uh, 1-1 at home after going down 1-0 in the eighth minute, amazing. I feel so good for the Whitecaps because they were last place in the MLS just a few months ago, like end of June. They were last place in the MLS. So then when TFC and CF Montreal announced that they were coming back to Canada and the Whitecaps shortly followed, they just didn't go because of the wildfires. So they decided we're gonna hold we're gonna hold out from that and we're gonna let that get done. Obviously, you know, it's still a very hot summer in Vancouver. It can't be totally fixed and it's got a huge flooding. It's so unfortunate what's happening in BC. But White Caps not playing at home in these playoffs just because they're lower seed, right? But they tied, they're in. The goal was simple, tie or win in. Wasn't going to be hard against the Salmoners, but they did. So great story for the Whitecaps. Vanny Sartini, genuinely, uh, genuinely, I enjoy him. I enjoy uh, seeing uh, him, you know, celebrate and um, also sorry if there's some background noise, but I genuinely enjoy seeing him celebrate and, you know, having a good time on the sidelines uh, with, with his team. He was so happy. And you saw there was a clip that went out and pretty much – was on the sidelines of Vanny Sartini said, uh, we're in the playoffs, and it was like uh five minutes before the game was over. You know, it, the ball was at midfield because at that point, all Vancouver wanted to do was just rag the ball, keep it in their end, make sure Seattle gets no chances, be proclaimed that they made the playoffs like five minutes before the game ended. And and I love that. And I, I love that, and I love that conference. And also in the West, the uh, Colorado Rapids, they defeat LAFC five to two at home. Weird team, weird team. I remember when TFC played them, and and the final score was nil nil, and we should have won that game, as in we, as in TFC. And it was it was just interesting because then like I, I Colorado was fourth, right, and they have they have no jersey sponsor. You know, they're a very old team, but not with a prosperous history, and that it's just that's what I found interesting, and they end up. And the reason why was because they were going in a situation where they could there could be like a three-way tiebreaker for the top of the uh, Western Conference with Sporting, uh, Sounders, and the Colorado Rapids. And just Colorado ended up scoring more goals, so they did uh, get the top spot. And so they get a bye into the second round on the MLS playoffs, uh, and that's big for them. They're a good team. They're a good team. I assure you they're a good team. But when I, when I tell you the, uh, some predictions, you you know, I don't think that they can make that much noise in the playoffs. Uh, speaking of no noise in the playoffs, LAFC and LA Galaxy both do not make the playoffs because Salt Lake, Rail Salt Lake upsets Sporting KC on the final day. Well, on the season day, obviously. And Minnesota United beats... Uh, LA Galaxy, first time, uh, first, also the um, Minnesota United, the Loons, they are in the playoffs. They're going to play Portland. Um, first time that both LA teams miss out on the playoffs. And as a lot of people said, I'm sure that the MLS head office is thrilled with that. Absolutely. um so happy that both the LA teams missed out with all the stars like Vela and Chicharito and Having Greg Vanny and Bill Brad and Bob Bradley as your head coaches, and you know a lot, a lot of good players on those teams, and they didn't make it. And LA LA Galaxy just collapsed. They just could not find anything. Um, Eastern Conference, you know, it, it was it's less wide open. They called the Western Conference the Wild West. East didn't really have a name. Just they just had one great team really. Uh, who lost into Miami on the final day. Uh, New England Revolution won the Supporters' Shield, broke the points record, said by LAFC a couple years ago only. And um, they're like 20 points clear of, uh, you finished second. it was Philadelphia, I think. Hold on, let me check. I'm just, yeah, Philadelphia. Um, and then Nashville was third, and NYCFC was fourth, and, um, yeah, you, that's – I mean, that's the big storyline. See what they can do in the playoffs. Um, you know, but the, potentially they go up against either NYCFC or Atlanta United. So, I like, those two teams can easily give New England a run for their money. I have no doubt in my mind. And although they have uh, Gill, Gil, uh, most certainly the MVP, and Matt Turner, who is – most certainly, the best keeper. Uh, despite not being the U.S. keeper, it seems like Zach Steffen is going to take that role for the U.S. MNT going forward. Greg Berhalter is playing him more. He's Manchester City he backup. Um, but I, you know what? Let's let's get into my predictions again. East, not as much. So we will start. We'll start on the East. All right. So first round, NYCFC hosting Atlanta. I'm going to take NYCFC here. I think 2 1. I think Tati Castellanos scores the goal, scores two goals for them. Uh, and then, you know, it's at Yankee Stadium? A lot of great baseball ones at Yankee Stadium. Don't really have a great soccer one because, and I think th- this is the time where, although Atlanta's a lower seed, they, re- they still be relatively upsetting Atlanta because Atlanta has a established team, a lot of great players on there. And obviously Brad Guzan as the keeper, you're going up against a really good keeper, really athletic keeper, even at his age. Um, and then, you know, obviously you, you've got to neutralize Joseph Martinez and Emmanuel Barco, something I don't know if they can do. Um, there's a very good chance this one goes more than just 90 minutes, but at the same time, one slip up for either of these teams, which could happen. sports. Anything can happen. Uh, is going to lead to defeat. I'm taking take CFC 2-1. Nate play New England. We're getting into the bye in the second round. Also, have you seen New England's new um logo that they're using for next year? It's I hate it. It's really bad. It's it's like um, oh, let me try to pull it up here so I can look at it again. It's it's just such it's such a weird logo. It's like this not baby blue but it's kind of a r inside of a sailor's hat and it's just a plain fawn and says it says 1996 which is cool but their logo right now with the kind of like painted on uh, red stripes and then the soccer ball with the stars on it, it i it's just it's so good it's but you know it doesn't really look like a soccer badge so this new one does look like a soccer badge and Again sorry about the noise but um it, yeah it's uh it's interesting going to be cool to see Tejon Buchanan maybe uh, the Canadian going far scoring maybe in these bluffs uh continuing in the east first round uh Nashville and Orlando I'd take Nashville any day they're such a good team Hani I'm going to take them 2-0 Hani Mukhtar uh definitely should be up there from VP because He scored the fastest hat-trick in MLS history. Scored one in 20 minutes against the Chicago Fire. Against an Orlando team that started out and looked really good, but recently has been very weak. um, Just barely scratching into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, they have Daryl D. K. They have Nani. You know, they got a good team. I mean, especially Daryl D. K. is just amazing. Um, He's up for best young player. But he's... I mean, he might win that. You know, Ricardo, Papi and Tejron, Buchanan. I I don't know if he can win that, but um, there's a lot of good young players in MLS, like too many. Uh, but yeah, I, the Orlando in it's um, you know, it's yeah. they could win this game, they could, but against Nashville, I mean, they they have good fans. I I think Nashville takes this easily two 0 Uh, final match. Philadelphia against New uh, New York from uh, what do they call it Cheston is that what they called it Philadelphia Stadium or where it is Cheston um, Pennsylvania Chester uh, Pennsylvania yeah I, I think that is cool stadium also Subaru Park I think it's called it's got like the bridge you can see it, it, it very cool um, I it go good goaltending if you know me defense wins championships as I always say um, goaltending will win you championships for sure. And I think against the Red Bulls, again, seventh seed. You you can never pick a seventh seed against a team with Andre Blake. So, you know, and again, Philadelphia beats uh, the Red Bulls. Second round, NYCFC, New England. New England, they don't cruise through this. NYCFC will give them a run for their money. Uh, But at the end of the day, New England... Uh, Tejon Buchanan will score. Carlos Zijil will um, start to get the chances. Good performance by Matt Turner. That is going to get them a home game in the Conference Finals against Philadelphia. So the one seed versus the two seed. That's how this is going to work out. Just because Philadelphia and New England, they're the best teams in the East all year. And I, Nashville, you know, they're, so, they're such a young team. I mean, this is their second year. They still have stuff to figure out. They've never really, you know, gone up against a really good opponent in this time. Like, they, I think, will against Philadelphia. So, I don't think it's their time. Um, maybe next year. You can always think that. They got a new stadium on the way, right? So, that's going to help for sure. Um, so... Now Philadelphia versus New England in the conference finals. Now this this one's going to be a really tough game because this is it's it's going to be really tight. And again, sorry about the noise. There's so much. Um, but Philadelphia, New England, really tight. All game. It's going to be a fight to the finish. Battle of great keepers. Matt Turner and Andre Blake both up for goaltender of the year. At the end of the day. It goes to the supporter shield champions. It it just it does because the they 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 have better players. They got a better offense. Sorry sorry for Philadelphia Union, but they got a better offense. Um, and New England plays host to the MLS Cup final against the winner of the West. Now here are my predictions for the Western Conference. So Portland, Minnesota. Portland should cruise through this. Minnesota is a good but not great team. A team that went to the Western Conference fans last year but doesn't you know, has a lot of that same talent but but hasn't executed it at all how they should this year. I remember in the summer uh during the when the gold cup was on because I remember a weekend where I watched like it was like the Euro and then I watched uh TFC and then I watched like Minnesota versus um Versus Seattle and uh, Minnesota won. That was a home game, so you know that's kind of the defining image in my eyes for Minnesota. And they scored in like the 85th minute, but they still not the talent, not the talent. So, well, I mean, no, I I mean I mean not not the execution. It's just not good enough. Portland great offensive game um, as well. So that Portland easily they'll play Colorado. Uh, SKC and Vancouver now this is, where, this is where it gets interesting because I think Vancouver are going to win this and Vancouver are going to win this because Vancouver in my eyes has a better manager. I love Vanny Sartini. I think he's a better manager than SKC's and, you know, that's nothing against them. And, you know, there's nothing that I hate about SKC. Maybe I'm a little biased toward Vancouver because they're the Canadian team here. But oh, it's happening tomorrow, 5 o'clock. Uh, so that's it's a very good time as well for Eastern, for Eastern viewers. Um, even in KC, in the blue house, as they call it, uh, Children's Mercy Park, Um, I, Vancouver is, will win. I, Ryan Gold and Brian Wright, provide a formidable scoring duo. No one's going to go up. No one wants to go up against, again, uh, coach Maxime Kripo, very athletic goaltender, goaltender that really can keep you in any game of any type, He's played go for Canada this year. He's played good for the Whitecaps. I think that continues into these playoffs. And Vancouver beats SKC. Extra time will be required for this one. I'm gonna say two to one. I'm gonna say two to one. I'm gonna pick Johnny Russell to score for uh, Sporting Kansas City. And then Seattle versus Real Salt Lake. No brainer. Seattle. Uh, they actually split their season matchups, which I thought was interesting. But no, this should not be. There should be a no brainer. Seattle's much better than Real Salt Lake. They can put much better people on the field. You know, Paulo, Raul Ruiz Diaz, Um Just, I mean, they're a dynasty team, right? So they're, um, you know, they they know how to win at this stage, and they will. Um, so Vancouver, Seattle in the semifinals. I'm Portland, Colorado in the semifinals. I'm going to pick Seattle to beat Vancouver. No surprise in Seattle, hard to win there, really hard to win there. So I'm gonna pick Seattle. I think it's, I think Vancouver can keep pace in this one, but it's still gonna end up being 3 1. Seattle dynamic scoring, they can get past Maxine Greppo. There's one team that can, it's them. So, and then for the other team in the Western Conference Finals, well, one word Cascadia. Portland's going to be Colorado. Portland will be Colorado. Colorado, you know, they play a good defensive game. Portland plays a good offensive game. So we will see how those kind of end up molding together into a game that I'm sure is going to be a very good game. Uh, and and I wouldn't be surprised if it's a really good game because those are two teams, again, more opposite styles. But in Colorado, they don't have great fans. Just, just be honest here. They don't. Um, so I, I I think Portland, I think Portland's been a very underrated team. I mean, if you've seen any of their highlights, any of their games, you know, they're good. They're really good. So they can take on anyone. And that's why in the Western Conference Finals, they will play New England in the final, beating Seattle. Um, we'll say 2-1. Uh, because... Um, Or sorry, no, no, we're we're gonna say we're gonna say three to one. That that was my prediction. I said four goals in the uh in the West final because well honestly I don't know why. I think it comes down to these two teams are just they're they're evenly matched. All right, everyone should know that these teams evenly matched. You, You you can't. It's a coin flip. It's gonna be one or the other. It's gonna be whoever just gets better chances, so I'm just banking on Portland getting the better chances in this, I guess, sort of Cascadia Cup semi-final. It's big, huge match. It's going to be in Seattle, but I mean, look, can't, I, I'm i am not going to bet against Portland. I'm not, um, never, I don't think I'll ever bet against Portland. So, MLS Cup final, big Big game, obviously. It's going to be Portland, New England, the one seed in the East, the four seed in the West. And you know, when I saw myself predicting this, I I don't know, I don't know, because again, Portland has a great offense, and New England also, but New England's also got a shutdown defense. And the game's in New England, but the New England fans, you know, they're fine, but they're not great. You know, they're not the best supporters in the league, not by a long shot. And, you know, most certainly thousands of Portland fans are going to be there for the game because those are the type of supporters that they have. So that's why Portland wins. That's why Portland gets their second MLS Cup in six years. They won in 2015. Um... They're gonna win because the 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 brothers on those team on the team a uh, great, great uh, great duo, and you know further. Further, again, the fans do play a part in this. Um, for the uh, for, in terms of the support that they give New England, sure, it's gonna be good, but maybe it's not great. So I'm gonna take two to one Portland in this game. Very close. But at the end of the day, it's gonna be Portland again. So that's what I think for the MLS Cup playoffs. Um, but I'm very intrigued. This has been a wonderful year of soccer for the MLS. Can't wait for next year. More new stadiums on the way. Another new team in Charlotte, who we can talk about Charlotte for a bit here because they're a very interesting team. So they have managed to get out of eight players that they've signed. This is not really an expansion cap. So, oh, no, 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 there is an expansion draft, but, you know, not in the same way as in other leagues. So they've signed eight players so far to contracts, and seven are from different countries. The only double is the USA, which no one should be surprised by. But their, um, their biggest acquisition, and I, I can't remember his name, but I do know one thing. He's Spanish and plays in the second tier of Spanish soccer. So you think you can take a guy from La Liga Smart Bank, the second tier of one of the biggest soccer countries in the world and put him onto an MLS side that no one has seen before. no one has any idea how they play. that's that's big that's huge and I think they're building a good culture there um, but yeah next season should be fun but first, First we got to get through this season and it's going to be gonna be a great race to the MLS Cup and MLS did announce earlier just one more second on this that they're going to start the season in February. There's going to be an international break in March and that's when CONCACAF ends. Again, we'll talk about the World Cup in part 2. But there and it's going to end. So, they're going to start earliest ever start to their season's it's going to start late February and end late November. It's going to end literally, like, a few days before the World Cup starts. So, very excited. And, um, yeah, I'll keep you posted on it, and, and I hope you keep yourself posted on the MLS Cup playoffs. This can be a good one. Again, my prediction, Portland over New England in the final. Uh, we will be back with some Blue Jays talk, which should be fun. All right, some quick Blue Jays talk this episode. Already gotten to 27 minutes, so uh, we will get through Blue Jays, and we'll get to Formula 1 in the second Qatar Grand Prix coming right up soon. Uh, big Taylor race. But first, Blue Jays sign Jose Barrios. Uh, Seven-year deal worth $131 million. This was first reported, I want to say Tuesday, and then it was officially announced Thursday. So when I actually wrote the column that was before the Blue Jays officially announced it but now they have and it's um it's good. I love Burrios. He is he's been a uh he's been an amazing uh contribution uh, to the team after the uh, after the trade deadline acquisition and it was a steep price. And when I wrote about it, I was not sure what I thought about it because it was steep, like it was not a, it was not, you know, the deal probably not what you wanted because you're seriously jeopardizing your future. They had to trade their top pick from 2020, Austin Martin, and Simeon Woods Richardson, who was required in the Marcus Stroman deal, so when you think about it, half of the return from Marcus Stroman was half of Jose Barrios. So really, it was like eventually we traded Marcus Stroman down the line that helps us get Jose Barrios. And now, seven years, and it's it's amazing. And I wrote about it saying... Um, I'm gonna try to find it. Uh, where is it? Uh, okay, so I wrote... Uh, so I wrote from... Jose Barrios stays in Toronto. Uh, Quote, the other great thing about this is marketing for the Blue Jays toward other free agents. The fact that Barrios only got to have half a season with the team, have the year-end in heartbreak, and still never had the chance to play in front of a full-capacity Rogers Centre, but still sign a seven-year contract is quite something. That should be somewhat of a marketing pitch, no pun intended, for the Jays. You can spend half a season in Toronto – but will still want to stay here for seven years and raise a young family here. Brios Bar- has three young children with his wife, is Mar- Marquez. I hope I pronounced that right. Right, and also Pete Walker, obviously. And the, oh, sorry, unquote. Uh, also, Pete Walker. Uh, Pete Walker's huge in this. He, I mean, he changed a team. He's Charlie's right hand man, and we all know that. But I don't think that we really know that until we make a signing like this. Uh, Brios did say later. Um, that obviously every big leaguer's dream is to go to free agency, but he, he wasn't willing to take the risk. He wanted financial security and he wanted to be with the Blue Jays and Pete Walker and be in Toronto long-term. And that's amazing. So this trade has really paid off. Now, some specs of the, uh, deal, he, he can opt out of it in year five and, you know, at the end of the day, every single contract signed in professional sports, when you get into the back years, you're not going to want to stay around very long because you, you you don't, if it's a long deal, especially for a pitcher, his arm could get blown out or anything. But for right now, this is a long-term deal, and this is a great deal for the Blue Jays. Huge money commitment. And if they can't sign Robbie Ray, and we'll talk about him in a sec, and they can't sign Marcus Semi, it's probably because of this. But they go young, they go pitchers, and now they have a mainstay. And so if they can't re-sign Ry- Ry- Hyunjin Ryu, and he's getting old as well. Jose Barrios, Alec Manoa, those guys, and if hopefully we can re-sign Ravi Ray. But th- those two guys, Barrios and Manoa, those guys are the future. They're going to lead this team forward. They're going to be the one-two punch at the start of the rotation that gets us far. Now we are, if we've learned from, not mistakes, but if we've learned from the past, we know that if we're going to sign a talented pitcher, we're not gonna sign them to a one-year deal. We're gonna sign them to a multi-year deal in free agency. And because we don't we don't want another Robbie Ray. I mean, we do want another Cy Young winner, but we don't want a guy that wins the Cy Young. But it becomes really expensive, and then we can't re-sign him. So we're choosing. We, we have to pick guys that will that are willing to sign long-term deals, big money deals, and then hopefully, you know, they don't win the Cy Young and then leave for Detroit or the or New York or something like that. Um, so Brios. Only played twelve games for the Jays last year, but he, I think he appeared in thirty-two all year because he played in twenty for the Twins, uh, a team that he really established a name with uh, as a Blue Jay. Twelve games, three point five eight ERA, three point two eight FIP, one point zero nine five WHIP, and, and a crazy good ten strikeouts per nine. So those are the those are best stats for pitchers in my mind. ERA obviously, it's an it's an oldie but a goodie. FIP, fairly newer, still very good whip as well. K's per nine, though. Robbie Ray is actually the all-time leader in that, and uh, I think that's a really good stat, really good representation of the player. Uh, anything, any of the per nine stats, I really like. So he's got uh, low per nine stats except for strikeouts, and that's a very good thing to to have. So Barrios re-signing, big uh now we'll see, obviously, depending on what the Blue Jays do in free agency, that depends. But right now, I think it's safe to say that Barrios is the opening day pitcher for the Blue Jays because the loyalty that he's showing to the city and the team is astonishing. And I love that. Um, next for pitchers, Robbie Ray wins the Cy Young almost unanimously. Uh, only one person didn't vote for Robbie Ray. That was Jason Beck uh, from Amelby.com. who's located in Detroit, and he voted for Garrett Cole as the Cy Young winner. So, 29 out of 31st place votes. That's 207 points for Robbie Ray. Um, and if you saw the uh, the announcement and his um his 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 little. Little kid stole the show. All the expressions he was making, that was so funny. You, you need you need to watch that because that is so funny. It's amazing. Um, so Robbie Ray set a record this year. That was for strikeouts for nine. Uh, 248 strikeouts this year. Led the AL. All of a sudden, so he kind of was two pitches, right? And those two pitches, he mastered every in every way. He was just, he was the best in the league at his two pitches, the curveball, the fastball, every single time. So, if the Blue Jays made the wild card, he, his breaks, which were five days, he would be able to start the wild card games. Really, too bad that he couldn't pitch in the playoffs, uh, because I'm sure he would have put on the show. Now, Robbie Ray, 2020, uh, we gave the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, uh, what did we give? We gave Travis Bergen and cash considerations at the deadline. And then we got back Travis Bergen. So we gave up Robbie Ray for cash considerations. And that was it. That was it. All done. So all we gave Arizona was a few thousand dollars. All we gave Robbie Ray was eight million bucks. And he gave us a Cy Young season. And all the control issues that we saw in 2020 were gone. They were not there. He was a new pitcher. If you remember at the start of the season, he actually got that crazy injury where he fell down the stairs holding his kid and hurt his elbow really bad at the end of the day. It looked like that kind of paid off in a sense. Maybe that you know did something to his arm and maybe that that made his arm stronger down the line. and just a, just a stellar season for Ray new fashion as well, I guess. Now, I, what I want to know is how many people next year we see we, uh, having a mullet and wearing tight pants because I think in a tight jersey because there's a good chance it goes up. Maybe that is the recipe to success. I don't know. I'm not a pitcher. But I hope that we see a lot of pitchers do, uh, wearing, having a mullet and wearing tight pants. That would be very funny as kind of a tribute to Robbie Ray. Uh, now for the Cy Young, now for the MVP, uh, Shohei Ohtani, and this is funny, when they announced it, and if you, if you watch the announcement, Shohei Ohtani was like, he sat there, and he had a translator, but he sat there, and it was like, they said he won the AL MVP, but it's like, he didn't really know, he's, he's such a funny guy, you know, he's, he's kind of a character and something, like, he's so fired up on the field, but he's really quiet, he just kind of looked at the camera and smiled, and it was, very funny. Otani is such a lovable guy. Um, obviously, him being the most talented player in the game, there's good reason to uh, love him. And he won the AL MVP unanimously. I was really disappointed by that—that that no one gave Vladdy or Marcus a chance. No one even thought that they should win the MVP. And I know I'm, I'm sure some did. But you know, it's it was not as I said during the uh, the broadcast. Vladdy or Marcus would win in any other year, but this this was this was a, an unprecedented year where we had a player who hit and pitched and was phenomenal at both. So the LA Angels, two MVPs plus Anthony Rendon and Noah Syndergaard. Now they don't. His playoffs are bust this year. Like I don't think anyone's taking that lightly. like lightly. Playoffs are bust for the Angels, so no first-place votes for Vladdy or a Marcus. Again, super disappointed that no one thought they should win, but you know what? Next year, it's a real threat because Vlady put up the best offensive numbers in the game, won a Silver Slugger, won a Hank Aaron, um, his first of both. Marcus won a Gold Glove and a uh, Silver Slugger, his first of both as well. Got to his first All-Star game, and uh, both... I mean, we'll see. It's going to be tough, especially potentially as uh, with second baseman out there, uh, like Semyon. like, um, you know, I mean, there's a lot of short stops, But second baseman, and we'll see. They might both make the all-MLB team. And that, man, I mean, that would be something if they both made the MLB team to finish off a great year. But a lot of awards for the Blue Jays um, at the end of the day, a lot of awards. Best team that has never made the playoffs, and I I think everyone knows that. So we'll continue coverage of this offseason later. Looming MLB player strike, which is not good, but, you know, it's natural for the game. The commissioner doesn't sound too confident about it. But he doesn't sound too confident about anything, and none of the fans are confident in him. Uh, We'll be back with F1 title race talk. Right, really, there's just one more thing to end the show. Uh, At least part one is the Formula One title race. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton, really, it's back and forth. And I think we all thought it was over, including myself, when Max won the U.S. and then Mexico. But then Lewis wins the Brazilian. Now we're going into Qatar. And it's... This is this is going to be the race that decides it all. If Max wins, I think it's his officially for the taking. Uh, he currently has three hundred thirty-two point five points. Lewis has three hundred eighteen point five points. And but if Lewis wins Qatar, things change. I would still be four points behind Verstappen, probably more because Verstappen's going to finish high at Qatar. I mean, if if, if you seen like the um like the picture of the circuit, it's it's so weird. It's like flat at the bottom. Like at the bottom, the entire width of the track, it's like completely straight. So, uh, sixteen hours until the third, and until practice three, and then the race on Sunday. I'm gonna take Max. It's probably the safe pick at this point, just because. You know, he's a, he he has quite a few points out of Verstappen. Uh, he's got a better teammate in Sergio Perez. I mean, obviously, despite the fact that Valtteri Bottas is third, Sergio's better. He And the way Red Bull, at least the way I, sort of from the outside, looks at Red Bull, it seems like they're a team. Like, they didn't really have this when they had Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen. But it seems like... Sergio supports Max. So maybe Sergio is going to drive for Max to take it to maybe to try to, try to fend off Lewis or try to fend off any of the other guys. But then again, Valtteri Bottas, he, he's not the type of guy that would want to defend Lewis. He's going Alpha Alfa Romeo next year. He's going to want to end his Mercedes career strong. So he, he didn't win a Grand Prix. A little while ago, right? Um, and that uh that was big for him because he was pull one, even though Lewis won, he got a 10 grid deduction. And I think so, yeah. I, I think it's Max's for the taking. I want to know what other people think. Um, but I mean you never know at this point if it's gonna be this back and forth. I won't be surprised if we saw Lewis. When Qatar and then Dubai is the one after, right? So then maybe Max wins Dubai, but it's coming down to the final race. It it just will. Um, so yeah, those are my thoughts on the uh, on Formula One, and we'll be back for part two. But for now, this has been me. This podcast was I this, am this, yours, Thomas Hewitt. This has been produced by me, made on Anchor.